a super important podcast about hair. Question mark. Featuring Ryan Teal and Stephen Adams as your co-hosts. Let's begin. Well, we'll let you get started again. Let's just do that. <laughs> Let's do it again. Um, so welcome to our really cool really organized podcast it's pretty awesome it's, it's glad, I'm glad to be here <laughs> it's awesome we can get right into show that would be nice to yeah they'll show up sometime excellent yeah well my name is Angel Del Solar um, actually um, I own a company called 1821 it's a hair line for men as you know yeah and uh, you know I'm just glad to be meeting with you here and we're in Minnesota doing a little gig here so glad to catch up with you yeah and believe it or not there's no snow it's no, it's no, it's a really hard place to live here. I don't know how people do it here. <laughs> Last time I was here, I thought my hands were going to fall off and crack on the ground. So, oh, yeah. tough cookies here. Yeah, oh, yeah, we got to be tough when we're here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, welcome. So, tell us a little bit about just like your history and background. How long have you been doing hair? Well, you know, Stephen, I started out when I was 15 years old in Spain, and lucky me, got to work with some really great people. Uh, Luis Romero was my mentor there. Uh, his, you know, gray hair stylist got trained by Alexander Paris, and I got to learn a lot of great things. Worked with Pivot Point when I was a kid there, yeah. And I uh, became a beauty school teacher. I did that for two years when we launched uh, Pivot Point in Spain, and I had the opportunity to do a lot of great things. Uh, we got Ryan here on the on hey. the deal. Can you oh, hear yeah. us, Ryan? Right, not taking too long. Ryan, are you there? I am. Okay. Oh, can you can you hear, you hear us? You're freezing. Can you hear us? Is it better to hear us? Better to hear us through the computer. I can hear you totally. Can you hear us now? Give me a thumbs up if you can. Well, All good. Right. Good. All right. You just interrupt me talking about how awesome I was, and I was shining my medals here. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyhow, it's good to meet you. Good to see you again. Sorry. Yeah, and definitely, definitely. It's good to be here as well, too. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to meet your, your crowd here. Oh, definitely. I'm really stoked with it. Yeah. Yeah, we're really excited to have you here. Yeah. So anyhow, you know, so I guess I was starting out very young. Yeah. Lucky me. Got to be mentored some great people. I actually moved to the United States when I was uh, 26 years old. So after that, hair for about 11, 12 years in, in Spain, got to move here. Got to work for Jim Juarez, moved to Seattle. Start up there as a as a as a stylist, kind of become a part of the artistic team there. I learned a lot of great things when I was there as well too. Um, was part of a transition. It was done there in between precision cutting and French method. Uh, so it was a great experience to learn. You know, to to see how things got done here when I couldn't even speak English. Uh, what brought you to the United States? Well, my wife is from here. Okay. So we were married in Spain for three years, and then she wanted to do her master's and doctorate at the University of Washington, which she's from. Cecil area so we came over so she could do that and then uh, lucky me because of my relationship with people point I got Leo to call Jean and got me a gig to work there so it was pretty cool I mean, so I the Intercoffier network actually worked for you it did work for me actually Luis Romero is the president of Intercoffier in Spain okay so my the guy Catherine with he's actually the guy who basically runs uh, the gig there and it's one of those they have all the real medals you know from, <laughs> from Inter you know they got the Nobel or whatever right all of that stuff that they right. there. it's pretty awesome anyhow so you know after I did that actually I decided to go into ownership so I opened three salons two at the same time I have about 75 people commission base 
I did that for about 10 years. It was a great learning doing that. Uh, I was talking to you, you know, yesterday that actually my salons got, you know, chose by in the state of Washington to do a pilot program to do the apprenticeship in, in salons. Right. So a lot of learning. I always love education. And at the time I was doing that, I was working for Pierogi on their artistic team. And uh, I did a lot of education when I was there. So I, I got a lot of passion from PivotPoint to, you know, Pierogi to train my own people on my own salons as an apprentice and assistances. Uh, actually, I got to sell my own salons to my own employees through a succession plan. Oh, did you? Yeah, with the Summit Salon, you know, with Michael Cole and all that. And it was a great uh, learning as well, too, because then I wasn't teaching just cutting hair. I was teaching how to run the salon and how to try to keep it profitable and how to train people as we did our salon. So, uh, it, you know, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to learn by doing it. Right. That's mostly the only way you can actually <laughs> learn It's truly the only way to learn. And lucky if you've been around people who are great you know, then they know what they're doing and they're good enough to want to share with you. Uh, so surrounding with people like you guys and they know, you know what you, you know what you know because you've done it and, mm -hmm. uh, and you're an expert of what you've done because, because you failed doing it. Right. Uh, and I think that's the key. And it, I think it's very in our industry. So I'm, I'm glad to be part of all of this. And, you know, after all of that, so I'm just going to be a distributor. Uh, after I did four years uh, working for Enjoy, in California, I'm going to do my own distribution, move to Texas. I picked Texas because it's a great state, big state. You can have a brand and sell it in Houston and Dallas and Fort Worth and Austin and make a living out of it because it's so big and people care about getting their hair done there and it's, it's good tradition there. Right. So I felt like I've been there. Uh, it gave me that chance. And on the mix of doing that, you know, we lost one brand because it got sold and it's a world, you know, Maybe we better own the brands if we want to get into distribution because it was a lot of work, and uh, and that's how we so started you, Yeah, so you went into distribute distribution first. Yes, I and then that. and then from there you're like, okay, yeah, let's, now let's I, make our own product. Let's have, like so we can distribute our own product. Yeah, when I was working for Enjoy, I think that for the guys that it was the same experience. You know, Patrick and Gordon, they they used to uh, distribute a brand and they last, and that's how they decided to start Enjoy. So I kind of. Because I spent four years with them, I kind of figured out, okay, well, you know, that's mostly, you know, one of the best ways to stay in distribution if you can own the brands. And I think that's becoming more and more the thing because distribution has got to quite a bit. It's not a lot of good distributors independent anymore. And the brands that they want to launch, they have a hard time to get professional distribution. And I feel that professional dis distributors, they sometimes eventually going to have to own the brands if they want to stay on the game because if you know, uh, you know, they build the business, they build the, the, the network, they build the, the, the sales force, and yep. you lose brands, and then you have to swing back up, and it's a challenge. It is not easy, that's for sure. I tell <laughs> people, if it is, it will be easy, you know, a lot of people will be doing it. It is not easy. It's not easy. Interesting. That's cool. It's cool that you, pretty, you, you saw a need for your to, to fulfill that need. Yeah, see, see, Ryan, what happened is obviously when you're a, a distributor now, now you're talking to salons, now you're talking to a stylist, now you're talking to other distributors, and you look at okay, well, you know, I feel like I always been a solution-based person. I like to see a problem and try to come up with an answer for the problem. Uh, I felt like uh, I, I feel like if you could create a, what we call a new money opportunity in the salon, would be a great thing because mm -hmm. if I was a salon owner and somebody tries to bring me another brand. And let's say I was a Pierology uh, account and I have a great business with Pierology and I decided I'm going to print Davanese or Kevin Murphy, which are great brands as well. 
Well, the only thing I'm doing is I'm tricking my pyrology clients to Kevin Murphy or whatever else mm -hmm. is there, which is it's not a bad transition because it's comparable. But at the end, I'm trading dollars. I'm moving my client from A to B, and sometimes yep. you have to do that. But if you could come up with a good solution for a brand new dollar, a dollar that is not being made on the salon, and I felt like, you know, when people start doing the smoothing treatments, that was a thing, no? Or when people did start doing extensions. Well, that was a brand new dollar that it was not created before in the salons. It was new money for the salons, for the distributors, for mm -hmm. the stylists. Exactly. And, and I feel like a men's at that time, it was that kind of piece. Like, I feel like nobody, this is six years ago, before everyone and their mother came out with products for men's like now. But at that time, it wasn't. Yeah. And I feel like uh, I was on these high salons in Texas, all the Kerastas, all the Oribe salons, you know, the really nice salons. And they didn't have anything for men. They were trying to sell the men the woman's products. Right. And, uh, and obviously, they are good products. If it does work on your hair, it's no problem with that. But, you know, they look girly, smell like a woman. And guess what, you know? Right. They weren't marketed for the male. It was no pride or ownership for yeah. men. So men never bought the products. The woman bought the products. And we just use whatever the heck is on the shower, huh? <laughs> and, and it could be a bar of soap. It could be some pink flowery product. Right. Uh, and by the time, we don't even know what it is. Is this the shampoo? Is this the conditioner? I need my glasses to even read it. I'm not familiar with it, so it was no pride on that. So we thought if we could do something that men might take pride ownership, you know, brand and they feel okay, this is my brand. If, yeah. if you're going to go to the gym, I'm taking my cool hair spray with me, I'm taking my cool shampoo with me, and I'm not going to feel embarrassed. If you're going to buy something, I know I really like it. So I think that's you know that's what we saw, you know, uh, Ryan on the on the market an opportunity and a piece that it was in Phil at that, boys that it was in Phil. Not to say that other people had not done men's brands because they have, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, American crew. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what David did back yeah. in the 90s, same they kind did. of concept. And I think they did better than everybody's ever done it at this point. Not not maybe on the product side, but on, on reaching out the yeah. professionals, having the education piece of it, and really getting, you know, the, the market engaged with them, you know. I mean, I, so I feel like, uh, you know, that was the benchmark. Uh, obviously, we're... And, at, and then they stay on H10 is a lot harder because everybody, like I said, is coming with a brand. Anybody can it and put it online and try to sell it and get enough follow-up if you are interested enough. Getting on the on the professional market, I think, is a little more complicated because mm -hmm. I think I think you have to get into distribution and that's tough to do. The pricing is hard to do because you have all these different layers. You got to sell to the distributor, who sell to the salon, who sell to the consumer. And if you want to make it profitable, well, it's hard to do. It's a lot easier to just go online. I could be doing my products at one third of the price and make more money online just selling direct. But right. that was not the path we chose. We chose to be a professional brand. We price it for professionals so we could get on all those channels and we're giving a chance, a shot, you know? Yeah, and how many distributorships are you in, right? Is your product line in right now? Well, you know, we have some, uh, we have some really great distribution on the middle country with Salon Service Group. Uh, and yep. Gino has been really... Gino's huge, a great yeah, guy. Huge supporter of our brand from the get-go, and uh, we feel honored to have been partnered with them. And it's a few other ones that we've been working with. We work with the Costner Group, trying to help us out to get a, a little bit more uh, more distribution through the channels. You know, we have, you know, Life for Rally in, uh, down on the south, and uh, we have a few other ones, you know, smaller ones that we're working with in Louisiana, Pennsylvania, you know. You know, it's, 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 it's a challenge, in, uh, and not because people don't want the brand, but because salespeople, you know, they, they have to be talking to, to the salons, and at the end of the day, they make their money with color. So, you know, men's is kind of the last thing, you know, maybe yeah. one of the last things on the back, and they'll show to people, even though it is such a good opportunity to create brand new dollars within the salon. But, you know, that's something we have to educate them and to help them out to understand that that's, that's what it is, and then we men want better things. You know, barbers is a whole different thing too, 
it's a different type of market. Sometimes our price doesn't fit there because we retail at $24. So salons don't, you know, salons do well. Barbershop, they have to be kind of high in kind of barbershop to even. To me, it seems like most barbershops that I've been in, it's like they use the products themselves, but they don't really sell it. Yeah. They're still missing that whole sales piece of it. I, you, know, you know, I think the number one skill that we all sell is shampoo, no? Shampoos, conditioners for women. Well, barbers don't even shampoo their hair. Right. Uh, it's our number one skill sold uh, because we're in a lot of high-end salons and they will actually shampoo people's hair. So uh, I think that's a missing piece because it is so much money to be made there. And I think the barbers had to like, I think a lot of the barbers, a lot of barbers can learn a lot from cosmetologists. The same as cosmetologists can learn a lot from barbers. And I think it's, I think that people should be like kind of meeting more in the middle because at the end of the day, it's about taking care of men. And yeah. when it's on a chair, they get the best service they can get. Right. And it goes from, it goes from the shampooing, you know, consultation, the shampooing, the draping, the cutting, the styling, the, you know, all that they could be getting, the training on how to use the product to fix their own hair. I don't think any man wants to go to a barbershop alone and not feeling like they want to look great after that. And I think we all, I think we all care, we care more even I think than women about looking great. Yeah. Uh, look at Ryan. Yeah. I mean, look at, <laughs> look at that beard. I'm so jealous. My, so, this is all I get. Like me, like five years trying to grow a freaking beard. What's going on? What's the secret? I shaved yesterday. <coughs> you shaved yesterday morning. It's all bad. You're a wolf. The men's um the men's market like, like what do you see is you know barbering well you know that, that's a great point because we're we like to help the cosmetologists and some aspects and we feel like the barbers need a lot of help as well first you know it's the trends you know so it's very it's very much been trending this like short face short haircuts obviously a trend is a trend so i think a lot of men uh they saw these looks they want the look they went to the barber shop to get the look because a lot of cosmetologists could not do it. They could not use the clipper to do those haircuts. We had this conversation for years when we say, oh, well, I use scissor over comb because it's more cost. And, you know, that's how we spin it to tell people that we were better than the barbers on that aspect so we could charge more money. Uh, <laughs> but the fact is that clipper work uh, for certain looks is a better work. That's better work than the scissor over yeah. comb. Uh, so those, those haircuts became so popular then, you know, it became then all these people came to barbershops and a lot of the kids then went to beauty school. They want to be barbers because they want to do those looks. The, the fact is that trends will change. Before before this look it was popular, it was the, the Bieber, no? The Justin Bieber, yeah, that was yeah. the look. And that's, that wasn't a barber look. It was a cosmetology look. And it was, was it really the, the Bieber look? Because Bruce Lee had the same haircut, you know, <laughs> in the 70s. So it was the Bruce Lee. The Beatles Lee. had it before that. Yeah, it, it, it was the Bruce, no, the, the Bieber. But anyhow, my point is that things always change and they kind of come back, no? So it recycled to the next thing. So I feel like a lot of the grooming is moving now. I'm growing my own hair right now. Mm -hmm. I think median, median texture hair is, is, is like the way to go. I do have a YouTube right now that if you search for median length texture hair for men, is the number one YouTube on, on, on YouTube right now with about almost 600,000 views. Really? And it's because people are searching for this, no? And, and I think the, the barbers have to learn how to cut hair like that because they, they don't. They are not comfortable. No, of them are comfortable doing it. So they have to adjust themselves so it doesn't happen what happened to them in the 70s when a lot of the barbers went out of business because it was more men's coming to those haircuts because of the Because they were getting the yeah, more mid-length. More of the shacks looks and, uh, and, the, and those kind of lengths. Yeah. 
So I think that's a big piece. Another piece is teaching people how to retail better because at the end of the day, I need products to fix my hair. I need products to fix any of my clients' hair. And the barbers had to teach people how to fix their hair with products because they want to look the way we did it. And I think for some reason they haven't understand that that's critical for their client retention, building their referrals and actually grow their, their business so they can charge more money. Yeah. And I think they had to move into charging more money. I think men will pay for a good service. I mean, I used to charge a hundred dollars a haircut. Yeah. But it's like 15 years ago for a men's haircut. I mean, I don't do that much hair, but when people do it, you know, I mean, I get paid 300. So, you know, it's, it's gotta be. A, yeah. Anyhow, that's my, my opinion on that. YouTube channel, how education for, for 1821? Because I know your educators is in Springfield. Ryan, yeah. a really dear friend of mine, turned me on to you guys years and years ago. Uh, but uh, uh, how is education going for all right, for education, so what I do is I do a couple of times a year, I do a training in Dallas. When anybody who wants to become an educator for 1821, they can come over and get trained. No, I make them do it on their own. You know, hey, if you want to do this, you know, pay your own way. When you come, I'm going to, it's going to be two days with me and Angie, which is my top educator. So it's going to be worth whatever you spend on it. Because when I teach people, it's just not about teaching them the haircuts that we're doing and collection we're doing. It's mostly about, how to build your business and grow your business because I only want educators and they can go out there and tell people how they can do better to make a better living. So they have to be doing it. So we teach them some techniques and they can take back home to build their business. So they can have this personal testimony when they go out there to tell the people, yeah, you know, this is what I, this is what I was doing. This is what I learned. This is what I'm doing now. And this is how it's paying off. So if you want to learn, I, I, I like, I can pass it to you. you know? I'm, I'm big on that. If you haven't done it, don't tell me that. Hey, you have that because you know, it's going to come to the eating it. So they come, they get trained for two days, then I send them back home. They work on the materials. Uh, I think the materials are very, uh, very serious. We do four haircuts. You know, we have two medium length long haircuts and two short haircuts, two for the cosmetologist to learn how to do face, two for the barbers to do long medium hair. Uh, we make it in a way that is easy for them to learn. I don't want people to feel like, uh, I know those guys in the class, oh, you missed this piece, you loser. You know, I, I know that kind of guy. I want to make people feel like they can do it so they can go back and actually really do it so they right. can really feel like a, eventually they actually can do it. So you're empowering them. Yeah, so. it's all about empowering. Those classes of the past when, you know, you were that much better than everybody else because you could cross-check it 10 times more. When I can cross-check anybody's haircut, I guarantee you I find something, okay? Because it's not, you know. Well, it, it, yeah. And by the fact, I was tell people, <laughs> if you ever achieve a perfect haircut, guarantee you it's a bad one because you just did a perfect haircut on an imperfect head. So guess what? Now, now it's a bad haircut. So yeah. I'm big, big on that. So when they come, they learn the four haircuts. We teach them some skills to go back home. They go, and if you, if you develop the stuff, then they have to film a video teaching a class. And if in that class, uh, they, I feel like they got it, then we just certify them and then they go. They can start doing education. Mostly we use the distributors to get them booked. You know, I'm here on a lifetime, you know, lifetime event. That's our personal relation we have with them. So they sometimes do events for us as well. And we don't have a big team. You know, we have, Eight, eight, nine people, but they're all solid people. I'm looking for people with that. They are salon owners, or they are, you know, stylists and they've done hair for a long time. And people have passion. There are people who are good at retelling the product uh, because I feel like that's a key for success. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, you know, because I've done this so many years, you know, education, I think the education that they get on how to be a good educator, the foundation is, good. you know, they're going to go there with good materials, but I tell them how to prepare for the class 
how to do the follow-up after the class. So you really make it as a business, no? You build a relationship like you do with clients. You're learning one relationship, one client at a time. You know, you do a good job. You tell them what else you can do for them next time. And then just build that. So, you know, it takes a long time to actually, I was just, I was just talking with Ricardo here from Avera. It's like, hey, you know, people just think they just come to be like, showing up and then you are the person. Now oh, it takes a long time to become a good educator. It's a whole different set yeah. of skills. It's totally. Cool. Oh. I mean, I, I've like a, your brand since the beginning, I think, and such a great brand. Well, thank you, Ryan. <laughs> bottles. I mean, those bottles are amazing. Yeah. Yeah, you know what, you know, it was, it was a good play on, obviously, the prohibition era, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and we felt like at that time it was that. No, nobody was doing anything cool for men. Like, it was good with this prohibition into the men's grooming. We noticed that a lot of people were start doing the pomades on their kitchen, you know, you know, and trying to sell it online. So we felt like it was this, like, a moonshiny kind of going on with that. So we thought if we could bring that back into, into a channel that it could be sold to the professional versus just the online kind of little channel, I, we felt like I, we could bring something for the industry was special. So, you know, I, I have a lot of passion for women's, you know, hair kind that's where I've done all my life working for all these other companies. But I felt like on the product side, we'll have a better chance going on the men's. I hope that I could translate that eventually into women's. Haven't been the chance yet, but, you know, we have some good ideas for that. If it ever happens to be that we can do it. So, there we go. <laughs> Thank you for the comments, though. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I got a question. Do you guys sell your products on Amazon? Yes, uh, of course. Uh, you know, I mean, every, every <laughs> of, you know, the thing happens, you know, because we're professional, no? I mean, I try to protect the business of the professionals. So actually, Amazon, a few years ago, a few, two, three years ago, they launched what is called Amazon Professional. And people ask me that, well, why you guys did that? I was like, you know, the problem is, you know, I have people who are selling my products on Amazon without any rights, and they were selling it at four or five dollars cheaper than I was selling on the salons. Right. And I thought, you know, that's a big problem. Well, Walmart is doing it right now. Now Walmart is trying to fight Amazon on the same place. They're doing the same thing. They're letting anybody to sell anybody's products. And the challenge with that is then, then you basically kill the professional business. Right. Uh, it, it, you know, you have people now going to the salon. I, I do it too when I go to buy, Best Buy to buy me a TV. I'm going to go to Amazon and figure out if it's cheaper. I say, hey, can you match the price? And people are doing that. They're actually looking at the barcodes and checking it out. And every single brand is sold online. If you're any good and people want it, it's going to be sold there. Yeah. So we partner with them because that way, what we did is we protect the price. You go to Amazon try to buy my product, eighteen twenty-one. You only can get it at twenty-four dollars. Right. You get I it at the set price. Yeah, set price, which is huge. But that's that's hard to do. And and, and you know, lucky that we were able to to do that with Amazon. And uh, we're trying to figure out how to do the same thing with Walmart because they just have a problem. Now you can go and get stuff in Walmart. I know selling in Walmart. I don't know who is selling it. You can figure it out because they got secret names. And uh, I mean, you can mark the bottles and eventually catch them. And we let a couple of distributors go on the past because of it. And, uh, you know, it's a challenge. So, yeah, Amazon. Uh, and, and I think people buy different these ways. But I always tell people, if you're on my chair, on my salon, and I just did your hair, and you're thankful for what I did, and I coach you how to do it, I'm going to tell you, please buy the product for me because it's how I'm making a living. It costs the same as Amazon, so why would you buy support else? You, you, free you're shipping. here. Yeah, it's free shipping right here. Just get it, no? Uh, a personal ratio with your clients. And, and my clients not going to buy anything that I know outside. Yeah. I mean, they're just not. 
I mean, I tell them straight out, hey, I need your support. I'm here to do your hair, and I want to keep doing it for the next 10 years, but I have to be able to make a living. You know, so, so you're just straight up honest with them, just yeah. tell them what it is and what yeah. it, how. And I think, you know, if, you have a, if you're selling a brand, I always tell people this, if you're selling a brand that is sold on Amazon, okay, you buy it for, like in my case, you buy a product for $12 and so you sell it for $24, no? On the salon. Well, if somebody's trying to sell on Amazon for $20, guess what? I match price. I don't care. I prefer to take the $8 and then walk out of it without of it. And I don't know why the herders have to figure out yeah. You can do promotions to the product. It's better to sell the product than not selling the product. It's free money. Yeah. And they need the clients need that. They, if they don't buy from you, they forget about it. Now they're on Walmart buying whatever they get on the aisle, which is not what you recommend. And now their hair looks jacked up. And guess what? They think it was you. And they, that's your walking billboard. But well, how is that working for you? Because I, I don't think it worked. It worked really well for me to tell people how to fix their own hair, make sure they get my products. That's my happy clients walking around, showing you know yeah. what my world looks like. So that's my take on that. So if you're on the business of selling products on the salon, you must be on that. Pick good brands that you've been supporting. Pick good brands that they support you in the education and they support you uh, with being there when you need it. That's what you need to look yeah. for. Don't, don't worry too much about if you sold here and there. Everything is going to be sold here and there because you have to. And by the fact, you know, the sad thing is the herders don't sell enough product to, for any company to survive. This is the fact. Yeah. So, and the consumers have to be another place. I mean, if you are in uh, one little pueblo in Idaho and you want 1821, where are you getting it? You know, but in your salon, they should get it from you. You should demand that from your clients. I think you just should demand they buy the product from you and then match pricing and then do some promotion. Why not? Yeah. All the product yeah, once in a while, hey, do like they do. I don't know, call salon uh, happy Monday once a month and then you can get this kind of 30% of the product. I don't care. They might come out just that day just to buy the product from you. Who cares? Yeah. I don't know. That's my no. <laughs> <laughs> our, our price point, I mean, because some markup, I mean, they have a can play with and they don't realize that they, you know, that they can for 20% yeah. off. Well, I think, you know, the, the retailers buy the same markup as the salons, you know? I mean, they get the same opportunity to the same thing. Obviously, they see that it's a different volume. I mean, you go to Alta, which is a salon, and, but they have a retail shop, no? So they make all this, like, front area for them to retail. They, they get it, no? It's money to be selling to clients. I got clients coming here, they buy the product. Mm -hmm. uh, and then once in a while, they do some kind of promotions or whatever they do to keep their clients buying from them. So I think the salon should be doing the same thing. Have good auctions. Don't go have 300 brands because that doesn't maybe always worth financially. You get the ones you feel like you want. Don't, at least have two or three auctions, you know, different price points and different likes like. And, and like, you know, do some promoting, you know, on the brand and make sure that your stylist know the brand. Don't have too many brands that people don't understand either and have products that people can back it up, you know. I just think, I don't think it's that complicated. I think we made it complicated. And I think we lost the business. We lost all the money. Oh. You know, nothing is the hardest to fall at this point. Yeah. Yeah. What time is it? Yeah. 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 I can do a five more minutes with you guys. I had to like jump into doing this class today. So, well, <laughs> this would be a good time then for us to talk about music. Yes. Yeah. So. Oh. You, you do it. Go ahead, Steve. Okay. So the question that I have for you and that Ryan and I would love to ask is like, you're, 
you got to like go away and leave all of your records at home. Yeah. Um, except for five, you can only take five records that you have at home. Five records, and, I and have that's it. Home. And that's all you can have for the rest of your life. Oh what my. are they? Oh my goodness, it's going to sound <laughs> really bad. This what I got to tell you right now because it's very radical. Uh, you know, on my playlist. I, I do have Ava, so I love Ava music. <laughs> so I did just check it all out. Um, my my go-to is always Queen. I love love Queen, uh, Freddie Mercury. Uh, I, I, I that was the first time I bought a record. It was that record. Okay. Um, so Ava, I have Queen. Uh, I do love opera as well too. My wife is an opera singer, uh, so I have some uh, Maria Callas as well too. Then I love to listen to. Um, I like, you know, on top of that, I like dance music too, but more like Spanish style. Okay. So I like plan, plan B, you know, which is more, more like reggaeton. And, uh, and plan if you, B. Yeah, Plan B, yeah. And uh, so it's very, very eclectic. And, uh, and I do like uh, ACDC as well too. So I, I kind of mix it up, but it's kind of more old school stuff. Yeah. But, but that's uh, nice. It's got, you have five different genres. Yeah. So that way you won't get I, bored. Yeah, I, I do have that. But, you know, I, on top of that, I like Duran Duran too. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, I like pretty hectic. I, I just, I love music. How about that? You know, and I, I don't think you can, uh, you know, explore enough. You know, my daughter, 17 years old, she has actually a, a, a disc player, you know, and she has her own records and uh, she collects records as well too. She like all the you know all, all, all music you know evangelics and all that stuff so it's like it's kind of cool to see actually my kids appreciating that as well too exactly too. it's so on nice it's so nice seeing um the this next generation like yeah. getting into vinyl and getting into yeah. records she, lo she loves Lep zeppelin i took her to a live show Lep zeppelin show in in seattle it was great staying with her and connected to the it's just uh, it's just awesome. It's just it. That's great. So how can? Oh, how can people get hold of you? Oh, how people can get a hold of me? Um, okay, well, you definitely can look at my name, Angel Del Solar, online. So if you basically, you know, go Angel Del Solar online, you will be able to get to my Facebook. More likely, you can get to my Instagram. Uh, obviously, eighteen twenty one. You know, men may. If you look at that, you can find me and all that stuff. YouTube as well. You know, I do have a, a YouTube channel. If you go. And I just done this. It's brand new. It's called mm -hmm. Angel Del Solar. So you go Angel Del Solar. You see my picture there. And I just post the four videos for all the four classes that we do, which is the two long haircuts and the two short haircuts. But these are like 20 mini videos. And I filmed myself, okay? I edit myself. And, uh, but, they, but they have the heart and soul of the education that I do based on the construction using, you know, freeform, Precision cutting and French method, and I think uh, you know you get a mannequin. There are mannequin heads. You get a mannequin head, and for 20 minutes each haircut you can do from beginning to end. So it's free education. Uh, obviously, I it's not. It's, I don't doing this just to get a bunch of subscribers because obviously you know I promote 1821 within it, so I don't want to you know you know do marketing on that because it will be all the competitors putting in there. But I think it's great for education. If you want to go check it out, just get one mannequin head and you can do all four haircuts. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Very, very cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. Ryan, thank you for joining us. Good to see you. Are you going to be at Cosmo Pro? Oh, I'm going to be at Premier uh, Philadelphia. Are you going to be there? Premier uh, Philadelphia. 
I'm not sure if you're going to that one. I'm going to go to Cosmo Prof now. Okay. That's, so that's my next gig. Yeah, I'm on the road. I'm on the road all next year. I was at Cosmo Prof, so. Yeah, yeah, I was at Cosmo Prof last year, yeah. So, goodbye. Uh, Thank you. It's good to see you, Ryan. Yeah. Right. Take care. Good podcast. Thank you. Featuring Stephen Adams and host Ryan Teal. Hopefully we'll see you again. If you want to follow